Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Amy. And this is Small Town Not Small Minds. Alex, what's up? Oh, Amy, it's just our 29th episode. When you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, watch <No>. New Girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just thought about it. What? We're in, we might land my 33rd episode. It's going to be close to my 33rd birthday. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's super cool. Um, um, Amy wanted to talk about our tasks that we completed last week. Well, just because I was so proud of myself because, yeah. the Alex, you were saying, get one of those hockey guys to talk to us on social media. I did. And I got my favorite one. So I was pumped. Oh, he sent us a video. Yeah. He did one better and sent us a video doing a shout out to our podcast. So that was awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Thanks, Pacer. Um, (laughs) We would share the video if we knew how to save it. But um... Instagram problems. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) just know it was amazing. It was. And all the talks were really like I enjoyed giving flowers to strangers. And I watched E.T. and didn't have a nightmare. Yeah. So that was good. I yeah. actually kind of liked it. Yeah, it was good. And yeah. it was really fun this week to be able to give other people task challenges. Yes. Oh too. my gosh, that was so fun. And a few people have sent in mm-hmm. um, them completing it. So that was really cool. Spreading more cheer in the world. That's what it felt like, honestly. Yeah. And so. guess what? How else we're spreading more cheer? We made a. Yeah, geocaching Woo! box. We made a geocache. So excited. Got a little carried away. It's on all podcast it. themed. Yeah. Love it. Super excited. Also new to geocaching. Didn't realize Alex has done years of geocaching. Yeah, thank you. I thought you were grouping me into <laughs> no, that. No, no. I was like, oh my gosh, how have we never talked about this? Alex was saying like, I've done, ge- I've geocached for years. Oh girl, it's been since 2011. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like I just got introduced to it. Anyways, so excited. My first setup of a geocache. Yeah, mine Is too. Yours? I have never set up okay. a geocache. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're going to hide it out at Roshan Sands. Yep. So you will have to check it out if yeah, you're in the area. Yeah, come to Buffalo Lake and find our podcast, mm-hmm. Geocache. Yep. There's a gift for the first person that finds it. Oh my god! Say no more. It'll be on the Snap story or can the Insta story. I be the first person who found it? Yeah, you can't. <sighs> you don't want that gift. You already have what? one. Oh, okay. <laughs> of it. <laughs> so this week we are talking about First Nations, Métis, Inuit history, a little bit touching on it. A little Um, bit of context for people. Yeah, just um, after our conversation with Dr. Paulina Johnson, Amy and I wanted to honestly, like, educate ourselves a little bit more. And so we, yeah, just put it on episode for y'all to learn what we learned. Yeah, and it's timed really well. Uh, As mentioned in there, we're coming up to June right away here. Um, Gemini season. Okay. (laughs) But importantly, more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, um, my birthday. No, 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 just kidding. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, no, really important is actually June is the month of Indigenous, the Indigenous month, Indigenous awareness, learning more about it. And then as well on June 21st, Canada cel- celebrates Indigenous Day. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just like it's a good time to educate yourself, to read more and to expand your own knowledge yeah so stay tuned for some recommendations of um, some books and podcasts if you want to read some more learn some more for sure
when we first generated this idea for this episode, we were working with Dr. Paulina Johnson and realized there's so many terms that maybe some people are not aware of. So we kind of just wanted to enlighten you mm-hmm. and all, and ourselves and ourselves. Sure. Yeah. About, you know, what is what, when we reference something. So here's some context for today. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go over some context, some things we learned talking to Dr. Paulina. Um, I know I took a little bit of Indigenous Studies in university. Amy is heading up a lot of FNMI education with the division. So yeah, so yeah we're just kind of working through this together, what we know um, and sharing with you. Yeah. So one thing that came up or that does come up in historical context, and it can be controversial at times, is the Indian Act. And I say controversial because currently it's still being amended and looked at. There's different responses to the Indian Act currently, but I'll just give you a little historical context. Originally, it started off in Canada as the Gradual Civilization Act that actually happened in 1857. Mm -hmm. So just 10 years before Confederation. This act was essentially designed to control and assimilate the people, the First Nations people, were writing this in law. So that was essentially the Gradual Civilization Act. And people during that time, obviously, you know, they didn't like that. They couldn't vote. They weren't recognized citizens of that time. And so because of that, they amended it and they came up with the Indian Act 20 years later and in 1876. And it still very much was that. The Indian Act is a government obligation to essentially assimilate the First Nations people during this time. An Indigenous person was not allowed to vote, leave the reserve. Yeah, you weren't allowed to vote. You weren't allowed to even pursue certain careers because that was deemed beyond your status during this time. So the Indian Act has a lot to do with status as well. Okay. Indian status and then what that grants you. So like these First Nations people were not allowed to vote under that. But some people gave up their statuses during that time in the gradual civilization and even in the Indian Act. And if they gave that up, then they could pursue things like certain careers or be allowed to be recognized as a citizen within Canada. Were they allowed to speak their own language if they gave up their status? Well, they would be integrated to speak English. Okay. Yeah. So giving up your status was... Meant your identity as well. Okay. So no speaking your language. Uh, Could you go visit your family if they were on the reserve? Well, and then that's where it gets really tricky because people would be really upset that you left the family because you were essentially abandoning your culture. You weren't allowed. I don't don't think you'd have as much contact going in. But they essentially were like Not always welcomed though either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay which would be really hard as well. Mm-hmm. That brings up to the enfranchisement, which is like the loss of your identity or status identity of First Nations. So, sorry, the enfranchisement, was that an act or that is just what it's called when you do give it up? Well, it was like, yeah, it was built in there. So like, for example, like Paulina talked about it before Dr. Paulina was saying that like, if you were a First Nations woman, you would lose your Indian status if you married outside of First Nations. Okay. And that was just, it was just called, like, you were... Enfranchisement. Yeah, that's... Okay. So if I was Indigenous and married someone that was not Indigenous, I've been enfranchised? Yeah. So that was one of the ways, was like, if a Indigenous woman married outside of the First Nations culture, then they would lose their status and her her children would lose their status too. Yes. And uh, also owning land. 
Yeah. It's, was part of that? Yeah. Okay. So it was also... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I just have, I guess, a question in me. I noticed you saying just First Nations only. That's not, like, all-encompassing um, of everything. So we use it as a kitchen, FNMI, so First Nations, Métis, Inuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's been lots of, like, terms around what you what you would say, but I believe First Nations is not, like, correct to just say that. Well, and that's the tricky part because... In or the, is it different for Inuit and Yeah, and so like Métis. Métis and Inuit also have collective rights under the Canadian government. Okay. So like they had to bargain their se- separate rights historically. Okay, so different than the Indian Act. Yeah, okay. but, but now in today, we like um, as educators, we often use the term like First Nation Inuit Métis, mm-hmm. but Métis originally were not associated with the Indian Act originally, right. and okay. and Inuit people were not associated originally with the Indian Act. Okay, so they had That's collective not... rights different with the Canadian government. Okay, yeah. Okay, so now if I'm speaking in terms of now, would it be fair to say like FNMI or could I say Indigenous people? Um, like, what would be a term that I would use? Yeah. So, like my experience too, like even with the community work that we do, like that was one of the things is like wait, what language or what reference? And I always check with the person first. Like if I'm speaking directly, like you were saying, like a student, like if I know enough, I can speak directly to that. Right. I've even like indigenous, like we use that word quite a bit. First Nations we use. But if you know specifically, like they're Inuit or they're Métis or they're Navajo or they're Cree or they're, you know, they have an association, then I always check first. Like what would you like me to prefer to your culture group as and their people are really willing to share that information okay now indigenous people in canada were not, they weren't granted the right to vote till 1960 okay within this act still when were women granted the right to vote white women i think i think don't quote me okay i think it was in the 20s for women. oh okay yeah suffragettes yes All yes okay yeah yep I think like even as we amend, continue to amend the Indian Act, it's technically a still written document here in Canada. Um, they're really focused on infusing it with FNMI voice, First Nation, Inuit, and Métis voices. So mm-hmm. not just, you know, Indigenous people, all encompassing um, Aboriginals, people of Canada. Mm-hmm. So now they want to hear the voices of them and they also want to fight more for equality. So all equal rights because you bring up Métis. Well, Métis were often the forgotten people. And Métis, for right. those of you who are unaware, is a mixture of typically French-Canadian, mm-hmm. um, European descendant, and First Nations. Right. And they were kind of the forgotten people within Canada as well because yeah. they kind of didn't fit anywhere in terms of, oh, you're full Indian status or you are... Right half white like they it was just it was very controversial so that's why they have their own collective rights within canada okay yeah so where does the truth and reconciliation come in that i didn't know that indian act was like still a document we use um well like it's just still an active written document within canada and like i said it's being amended constantly like there's constant like you know bill c31 and like even in some from the 2000s it's just been like you it's just continuously. Bill that I don't yeah, know. <laughs> this was actually about Bill C thirty one. Was like it was in the early two thousands, and that's where they actually removed the enfranchisement. So the the oh, rules okay. behind people losing their status if they married out or. Okay, I remember learning this a little bit and saying like even even as like new bills came through, there were so many people falling through the cracks, and Métis was one of it. And I don't know if it was this exact bill, but it was like okay, so we're gonna remove this part, and so then yes, yeah, some people kind of got their status back, but then there was 
like, masses of other people not getting their status back. Right. And I believe, like, because I remember learning a lot about, like, Métis identity and how it was, like, they don't fit anywhere. And so we're left out a lot of these things. It's so interesting that you bring that up, too, because even in our Treaty 6 zone where we live right now, there are so many people that are telling me just now because they're just finding out as adults that they are Métis and they have Métis background. But a lot of the time their families didn't share that with them mm-hmm. because of how it was perceived throughout Canada during mm-hmm. the time. And so I think like when it was like early 2000s, then people were starting to be like, well, actually you are Métis. And then there was all this like unhidden truths that were starting to come out and people that like, oh, we have Métis background, we have mm-hmm. Indigenous background. And then I think even like Canadian government, I would imagine was like overwhelmed too because they weren't expecting this many people because it had already been gradually transformed because if you were an indigenous woman and you married out and you had children, well, guess what? Your children were no part of this culture. They weren't recognized. They weren't accepted during that time. And it was just, it was like all of those rules and regulations, like even as we talk about the Indian Act now, it's like it created probably more chaos and harm and destruction that has dumped into a bigger problem for sure. I, like, I just, most of what I was, like, thinking about was identity. And I was thinking about our episode on identity, even. And um, how, like, this history plays so much into, like, like all family generations of, like, generations of trauma, generations of, like, identity. Um, and how we're, like, simply being, like, oh, like, this is how we came to our identity. And, like, this is how I found myself. Um, I didn't come from that, like, the generations of that, like, hidden identities, hidden truths, hidden, like, it's just a completely different, like, ball game, honestly. Yeah. And that's why I think it's, like, it's so hard, even when you talk about TRC, like, Truth and Reconciliation Act that's coming out now, and it's, like, there's, like, 99 calls to the government. I think I got that wrong. I think it's, like, 92, actually. But mm-hmm. the, the the points that they're wanting to improve is, like, the first step is, like, hearing the truth before we can reconcile. Yeah. And it's, like... It's so hard because it isn't, there's no simple fix, you know, and there's no way to um, just be like, oh, well, we'll just do this and and that will help. It's like, we're going to have to do years of work. Well, I'm relating it to is like, okay, um, you are like having uh, like something that you need to go to a therapist for, but you can't just go to one session and be like, great. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, yeah, you just need like a lot of time to like work on yourself to work through that trauma and everything. It's like, it's like Canada all needs a therapist. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) honestly, like 100%. Yeah. And it has to start with somewhere and it's all these little, little things that we can do. Right. And we are coming actually up into the Indigenous month of June. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually June 21st is Indigenous Days within Canada. So that's the day we celebrate, but it is, it is really hard and, and it can be, you know, challenging. Cause like we said, there's no solution and yeah. it's not just a one-time fix. It's like, we have to have, keep having these conversations and learning and the educating context. Ourselves. Yes. Like even, I feel like right now I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like, did we even talk about enough stuff, right? Like it's so much to think about. Mm. Um, a good podcast amy was saying um it's called hidden the secret life of canada Thank you. secret yeah. life of canada and they have a whole episode on the indian act yeah uh which in is season two yeah check it <laughs> so check that out um for some information um, can we talk about cultural appropriation like yeah what is that sure. what, like yeah yeah sure. let's Great. get in there <laughs> yeah 
Um, okay, so cultural appropriation, I didn't even write down a definition, but um, this is me saying my understanding of it. So me as a position of privilege and power as like a white individual, if I am taking um, something that is cultural significance to another, like another culture, another body of people, and, and using it and like as a commodity in a way that is not the right way. Like an example is of something I did, we went out and we were like, oh, I had like this date, I wanted to get a cute jacket. Um, and then afterwards I was like, oh, this is not the right kind of jacket to be wearing. It was like a Navajo print that I'd be like wearing a print like this around because I'm I'm taking a piece of someone else's culture and using it for fashion. And I think it happened, like it, it can happen so subtly that you don't always know that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I've found pieces that are handmade by people um through these travels and you know they're genuine whereas like alex brought to my attention you know there's lots of people out there who are marketing something and it's like it's a replication of something and that's not really supporting that culture or the the voice behind it so like the example i used was like do you ever remember you're like an art class in elementary school and you like had this like fab idea and you like start painting it and then the kid beside you like looks at yours and like freaking copies it i Mm -hmm. literally have an image of the exact person that did this to me i think this is where it gets tricky too because people often can say like justifiably and is just like, well, I'm not doing it in a bad way. I'm like celebrating their culture or I'm using it as a way to share with other people. And I think you have to just be kind of mindful of how you're doing it or... Well, even less than that, not even just how you're doing it, don't do it. Burning sage has become like a really trendy thing. Burning white sage, like there's there's a lot of things behind it because smudging is like a really religious thing. There's just so much behind it. Number one, because it's become such a commodity. White sage is being like over harvested. Us white ladies going out to buy our sage from these like crystally stores. Um, it's not like sustainable. Um, and there's a lot of alternatives to burning sage that don't infringe on anyone's like religious practices. So I was like, thought I'd share some of these things because I'm like, I know that burning sage is like a really big thing right now. Like people are doing to cleanse space so you can burn other or like herbs so dried rosemary is a good one lavender we love a good smell of lavender pine are all things that can be burned um to cleanse space another thing if you want to get a little witchy is get some sea salt put it in water put it under the light of the moon because the ritual of doing it like it kind of maybe feels like fun or like you want to cleanse your space but like just burning sage is not the correct way to go about it that's also cultural appropriation yeah that's interesting um what no i'm just like i was like i i i think you're right i that is very much the voice i think yeah (laughs) i think this is a good example of like it's uncomfortable because you're like shit i've done that before yeah shit like i like doing that mm -hmm. just remember how you felt when so-and-so was copying your your mm-hmm. homework. How we were talking before, the intent behind it is not ill will. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. No one no one is, like, appropriate. Not no one, but, like, you're not appropriating culture as, like, a fuck you to other people, right? In in many cases, it's something we admire about a culture, mm-hmm. and you want to you wanna have it. But then we're turning it into a commodity. Like, even, like, using... Um, like a lot of indigenous names for sports, like Blackhawks and things like that. Um, and 
I know an argument a lot of people say is like, well, why are you upset? Like, this is, we're like representing you like in a strong way. Like we're like, we have pride in our team. Like this is like a, an amazing mascot. And it's like, humans aren't mascots. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't use a human as a mascot like that. And then the other thing is when you, when you have indigenous people coming to you and saying, you're taking, you're taking our work, you're using our religious practice. Um, and even if, mm -hmm. even if you're trying to be mindful for it, like I, like, as I said, I went through smudging. I, I like know the words to say, I learned some words in Cree, I found the meaning behind it. Still, if I do it, it's not okay. Uh, that would be akin to uh, me, like taking the body of Christ just at home. Like, you know, like what if I, I just have some body of Christ and sorry, you, what is it called? Eucharist? I just Communion? have like, yeah, I'm just having Sorry, like communion. communion and cheese. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it tastes good. That's like, that's not okay, right? You're laughing. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> it's like, to picture that is so absurd. Mm -hmm. To just have like little like communion trips here as we're eating for a snack. That feel like that's literally the definition of like sacrilege. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's sacrilegious. But we're taking, we're taking these things from other cultures that are repressed and we're taking the beauty parts and maybe saying like, oh, we want to celebrate or this is beautiful or this is a practice I want to adopt. But we're stomping on them and just taking the pretty parts. That's that's furious that like think of how you felt when someone copied your homework. But instead they're like taking your whole life. Yeah. Maybe it's not even that like people, like you said, like it's not that they're doing it wrong, but they need to think about it, about how do, they can do it right. Right. But not even do it right because, because... I could go right now to a Catholic priest and say, how, how do I give communion? And I mean, there are people, like, they have, like, other people, not the priests, like, giving communion sometimes and the blessing, right? And it's okay if I'm in the church, and I don't know all the right words, but if I'm in the church and the priest is like, can you give the blessings? Mm -hmm. I can do that in the church at the time. Because there's a certain time you don't just walk in and give communion mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. uh, even if I am that person in the church that knows all of that and knows how to do that, I can't then just um, have you over for dinner and give you communion here. Yeah. So it's not it's not even the same just because I did a blanket ceremony. I've been to a smudging ceremony and I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. No, I'm sorry. I meant like the elder, the person doing yeah. it. Like that was the right way to do it. They had an elder there who was sure. sharing that part of their culture with them. For sure. Authentically. And then but then I can't take it and do it myself. Right. I can't then be like, oh, this was a really great learning experience. I want my students to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to do a smudging ceremony in my classroom. Right. I can't. Yeah. I can ask the same elder or a different elder to come do that. Great. Yeah. 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 I mean cultural appropriation I think I think people don't like it is very subtle I think in times like can we don't even realize it like there's somebody just being vigilant mm -hmm. to your surrounding and saying like you know is this is this appropriate to this culture group and and maybe checking with the people too that you know that it would affect because maybe that's what we're not hearing Yes and no in the same thing of, like, I remember we were talking before about, like, emotional baggage that we're always putting on mm. our, like, our friends of minority. Yeah. You don't always need to be putting, like, the onus on them to educate you. Right. Right? Uh, that, that's where I say, like, the onus is on me to educate myself. Uh, indigenous hidden history. Not always put that on someone else. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's emotional. That's a lot of baggage. That's a lot um, to ask. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see like discomfort in this conversation and I think that's the hard thing about this is a lot there is a lot of discomfort because like no one likes to be told that they're wrong 
And I think that's, like, a lot of, like, with truth and reconciliation and how we're not really, quote, like, quite getting anywhere is because it's, like, still happening when we made the, like, comparison to, like, Germany's history. Well, that ended, and it's in the past, right? It's, like, still happening here. Right. Right? And so it's hard to admit you're wrong when you're continually doing the wrong thing. And I think, like, um, I I had a friend share, um, a, like, a tweet the other day that said, like, I want to live in a world where people stop like defending that they're not the ones doing the things that are wrong and instead working towards being in a like place where where God or like getting up in arms about it. It's like being collective and reflective to be like, okay, this How do I is make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 But then you just like you just have to remember, okay, like this this is something that I need to take on and learn. I need so you have to realize that you need to be part of the like solution. And recognizing that what you do, like, can can be wrong, right? You yeah. can be in the wrong. Like, I, I was born into privilege. That That is a nice way to, like, that is really, it's like, very <laughs> powerful, actually, what you just said. So Okay. And because I think, I think when we think, sorry, no. when we think about the Indian Act and we think about, you know, the 60 Scoop and, mm-hmm. you know, residential schools, instead of denying it and shutting your eyes to it or not understanding it or being uncomfortable when it comes up or hearing a voice that or what I hear a lot that's in the past that's my ancestors I didn't do that yeah we're still perpetuating it now and yeah the thing that stands out to me is that it is so subtle at times that you see no wrong doing in it you're kind of like oh this is totally normal it's been like this for a while it's been like that for years oh people use this print or it's totally acceptable or that's a celebration of this through this but it's so subtle that it's hard for us to understand that it's actually hurting somebody else right and that's the damage that's being done and and you said a great reference it's like if someone's telling you I'm being hurt or you're hurting my feelings and you're just like, oh, well, you're actually fine. It's not a big deal. It is hard because I think we're breaking this process by identifying, okay, these are some ways that someone is culturally appropriating somebody else's minority group or culture group. And, Mm -hmm. and it's uncomfortable because it's, it's like you didn't maybe realize that you're doing it or you Mm -hmm. didn't see the harm in doing it. Right. And so, like, it's interesting you talk, like, universal you. Like, do you know Did I mean? say that? <laughs> I didn't see the harm in doing it. Yeah. I didn't know. And yeah. And now I am learning. Yeah. Different than you other, like, separating. Yeah. Right? Like, it's hard to, like, it, I, I think that's what makes it so uncomfortable is, like, we do just naturally want to separate ourselves from that bad. Right? Yeah. So then you're, like, people don't see the harm in this. People do yeah. this. No, I've a hundred percent done things that I'm like now looking back, like, Oh my gosh, that is culture appropriation. Yes. And like, it's just uncomfortable because it's like at the time I think about it and I'm like, Oh, like I didn't wait. I wasn't doing anything bad, but that's yes. not the point. It's like, you've taken a part of their culture that is theirs that they need to share. Not me. And, like, I mean, we can only, like, live and learn and grow. Like, all of this wasn't at the forefront of our, like, of our learning, of our education. Like, <laughs> you learn, like, how it makes people feel. And I think 
that's a thing is like when like ignorance is bliss or whatever if you're like in that like ignorant position where you don't know you're not always meaning harm like it's not it's not like malice behind it all of the time but I think once you know and then continue to do it then then that is like you have a lot of like yeah ill attempt yeah like obviously like you can't know what you don't know right that's like, I why... think some people don't know that they are doing cultural yes. appropriation. And that's why it's our job to learn. Yes. Right? Or educate them. Or, as, sorry, as a teacher. Yes, I'm sorry. not saying, like, as a podcast, but even educators. No, but no, that's true. Like, you also, it's important to speak up when your friends, family, and anyone is doing things like that. Where, like, and it can be uncomfortable. And it depends on, like, I mean, I know how I approach things and I get, like, quick to offend. So I'm not always like, hey, let's have an open discussion. I'm often, like you can't do that and nobody likes to hear you can't do that like it's like don't tell me what to do you know what I mean yeah but that's a different podcast episode (laughs) no that is but like when you say like what is the work that's part of the work is holding other people people accountable accountable, for sure yeah yeah and I think I think it's it's hard because people like you said like people don't want to feel like like I feel so shitty now kind of thing. And then, and then like that I've done all these wrong doings, but it's like from here on in, you can make a change. Whereas mm-hmm. like you can't change what you've done in the past. So exactly. like that's not appropriate. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well now moving forward, that's going to change. And we're even seeing this in the school system too. Mm-hmm. So when like we see like black lives matter movements in the States, we're like, thank God I don't live in the States right like or like I'm shaking my head (laughs) (laughs) like why are you mad at me you're on a reserve because of my ancestors Mm -mm. you don't get to separate yourself from it do the work yeah and and what is the work I think that's a good way to segue into this yeah Yeah, like what is the work (laughs) some of the work um educating yourself so surrounding yourself by like media and creators of different cultures right Mm -hmm. so like specifically like indigenous for like Mm -hmm. this episode like educating yourself with the history right checking your privilege okay what what are things that you do or you have in a day just an example like right I open up a magazine I see me represented how many magazines do you see a first nations metis or inuit individual right unless you're specifically getting a book like Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean you don't you just don't Mm -hmm. see it represented in media at all so check Mm -hmm. your privilege when you say like you're like educating yourself like a big thing is reading about it but also like reading from indigenous writers like Mm -hmm. I can't stress that enough there's so many great resources like even when we were trying to narrow down like what would be great ones because like I haven't even read them all right there are so many out there and I still am on my journey of like informing myself and reading the perspective because it's huge and you need to hear more of their voice so like following them on social media is great Mm -hmm. follow quite a few in terms of minority groups and then you get a lot through them as well. Yes. And influencers. So like, these are just um, all of the things that me personally um, will recommend because I have read, seen, or used them. Yes. Okay. So um, there's the podcast, Two Crees in a Pod, um, Terry and Amber. Um, we've had a bit of correspondence with them too, like hashtag fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're from, uh, they're like operating out of Edmonton right now. And they have a really good podcast that honestly just celebrates indigenous people so it's kind of less about like oh let's dig into the quote hidden history instead Mm -hmm. like let's have indigenous people on and like ask them about themselves yeah um and one person i found through that was jewel wood he is plains cree from masquachies and he just released an album in 2020 called singing is healing 
Amy and I would listen to it on one of our drives. So Joel Wood on Spotify, check him out. Then the other podcast, Secret Life of Canada, is a good one. Highly recommend as a social teacher. Okay. Seriously. Some books that I have read is The Back of a Turtle by Thomas King. And he has, this is a fiction book, Heart Berries by Therese Mailhot. It's a memoir, kind of, kind of poems, kind of essays. Um, So not quite prose. It's like little sections of like her growing up. It's really vulnerable, but I I would like that one. And then one of my favorite children's books is Sometimes I Feel Like a Fox by Danielle Daniel. Also, when you were talking about products that are out there, um, I got gifted uh, from Cheekbone Beauty, which is a Canadian indigenous owned beauty brand product. And they specifically do Warrior Woman liquid lipsticks. And it's, I, someone gave it to me as a Christmas gift and I loved them, but not just for what they represent, but they're also very sustainable. So they, you can recycle your containers, which is really cool. Yeah. Cheekbone Beauty. Look them up. They're amazing. They gave you a really nice personal note as well. Okay. And there's just like two influencers I follow on Instagram and you might like the notorious Cree, it's James Jones. Um, he like became famous on TikTok, but he's yes. on Instagram too. I was just going to say, are you oh, follow- yeah, I was like, love, like love him. So cool. I just like showed him to my students too. Amazing they, like, dancer. Oh yeah. Amazing dancer. And Sheena Nova is like a throat singer. Mm. Like gorgeous human being. So mm. um, she also has her uh, mom on a lot. So. Those cool. are like two influencers I like to follow. I feel like everyone's following James. Yes. Oh, he like I mean, he was like on like the news and stuff. He's like, yes. he's become like super famous. He has 3 million followers. Yeah. But like, like if you're not following him, do. Yes. And he does specifically ring dancing. Yes. Yeah. And that's like his specialty. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. So that's like, I think a really awesome way to expose yourself is like go on Instagram and follow some of these people. There's so much literature to read out there. Like even if you're spending, you know, time just searching the web starting within the indian act and like reading more there's like books are coming up left right and center articles blogs so mm-hmm. lots to go on yeah yeah no, that, that was good thank you for thank you for taking the time to listen and follow us on our journey like i think there's so much for us to learn absolutely yeah Def- it's time for jar of questions okay here it is What's an interesting observation that you've noticed about people? Okay. So, <laughs> well, I, I actually wrote this question. Yeah. Alex, so I, you're no, probably looking at me like, no, 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 I'm not actually. What the I hell? love, I took sociology in university. Okay. I have a university, or not a university minor, a sociology minor. Um, but you can't have minors in ed with at U of A. Okay. So they like didn't give it to me, but mm. <laughs> um, we, there was like one class and gosh, my teacher, she's fascinated with, like, human interactions. Like, yeah. Like, holding a door open for a stranger. Like, we talked about that for a whole class. Like, what is the appropriate length that someone can be for far away for opening it? How okay. Can, oh, God, like, so like so much stuff. So it's an interesting question. Okay, good. There's so much stuff. <laughs> right. Do you what? have one that comes to mind? Uh, yeah, because I wrote okay. this specifically because this one gets me every fucking time. What? Um, I noticed that people get, um, people get obsessed about their Tupperware and I'm like, not here for that. I'm always so confused. What do you mean? Like people, 
love their Tupperware. They love their Tupperware sets. They want complete sets. It's like, people are like so much nicer. Yeah. A hundred percent, but it's also (laughs) reusable plastic. So like I'm that person. It's like, I'm bringing over a dish. I'm going to leave Tupperware here. If I never see it again, I'm not going to ask for it back. I think that this is directed specifically at me. No, not you. You take all of my Tupperware and I want it specifically back. And I remember you're like, it doesn't matter if I just bring a Tupperware back. And I was like, Amy, it matters. You need to bring my Tupperware back. Yeah, but your your Tupperware, okay, first off, your Tupperware doesn't even match. It used to. It used to be all these circle ones, all these square ones, and all these deeper square ones. And then guess what? You get roommates, you get people like Amy that's like, doesn't matter which one I return as long as it's a piece of plastic. Well, I'm not happy that people are using Tupperware. I should probably just go ahead and state that. But I do think, like, my mom is also like this. My mom is like, she'll phone me up. It'll be months, months. And she's like, remember that Tupperware container I gave you? And I'm like, yeah, no. It's I don't probably know. at my house because you probably left it here. <laughs> probably, probably left it at someone else's house. I don't know. I sound like a reckless Tupperware user. but Yes, you are. <laughs> but that's something I really noticed is people get real hyped about their Tupperware. Real hype. Okay. Now, I can understand if it's glass. I'm talking like plastic Tupperware. No, I understand you. Yeah. I just disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is a little controversial because we share a lot of Tupperware together. Yes. This feels very <laughs> much not directed at me. You, but people, yeah. But I'm halfway crossing my arms. <laughs> <laughs> we do, I do drop off your Tupperware. It might not be the correct Tupperware at no, all. No, sometimes it's not. it's not. Sometimes it's my Tupperware, yeah. but I wouldn't know because mm-hmm. I'm always like... Because you don't have a complete set. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe maybe my opinion will change about this if I have a complete set of Tupperware. I honestly think that. Oh my gosh. I mean, I do care about like my colorful bowl Tupperware sets. Mm-hmm. I did find one in your containers yes. or rooms here and I was like, this is mine. I took it back. But yeah. like, I wasn't I wasn't hurt by it. I wouldn't. No, because you left it here. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take this. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I knew I left it. So I was like, at least I see you regularly enough. I'll just take this back. Anyways, right. what's your weird thing? God, Not weird. Like, what's your interesting observation about people? I like, I, I don't, oh, you're just, just like flustering me with all this Tupperware <laughs> conversation. Um, I need a moment. In this like sociology class when we were studying like human interaction, um, I wrote a paper recited or whatever like okay. I, I presented it at the like student academic conference okay okay um all around the handshake okay and so actually I was thinking about the handshake recently um because I was recently introduced to someone and they shook my hand and that felt really weird with COVID yes. because like it handshakes were interesting to begin with and now like handshakes in like in the pandemic they don't exist anymore and so it was like one of this awkward like you know it was a reflex they stuck their hand out I like took it and then we were both kind of like not supposed to like oh you know like one of those things and it's it's just really interesting to think about these like minute social interactions that like carry so much weight I I don't know it's just interesting like how hard do you squeeze someone's hand what if you have a sweaty hand how much eye contact how long like there's like so much that goes into a handshake but they're like they're quick decisions right but when you break it down it becomes really interesting that is super neat that you said that because I think I gave you secondhand embarrassment recently because someone had reached for my hand and I was still in this pandemic mindset where I was like I was uncomfortable I made the whole situation quite awkward to be honest (laughs) I know and I but I was also like, are we still shaking hands? Like, is this a thing? Like, this is a complete stranger. So I do think, and like, I know the hurt that goes behind someone rejecting your handshake because one, 
parent meeting I had, I went to go reach for a parent's hand. Now this is in the Middle East and men cannot touch women. I went to go reach for this dad's hand and he refused me blatantly. And I like, oh yeah, I was flustered for the whole rest of the meeting because I was like, I can't believe I did one. I couldn't believe I did that. And two, I was just like embarrassed for myself that I would put him in a situation where he had to reject me and be like, I cannot. Right. And I was like, okay. So it is, that's a really yeah. interesting I one. actually, my, my favorite podcast I listen to, No Such Thing as a Fish. I don't think I've talked about that on this podcast. The episode I just listened to, it was an anthropologist that just published a book. The whole book is studying handshakes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very interesting. And like, I think it's such a greeting thing mm -hmm. in culture. So that is a really good observation. Yeah. It's really cool to break down like small human interaction yeah the door one with your professor oh i've had multiple conversations oh, because it's awkward. About this. do you know what i mean because you're holding it and then if you're kind of far away you do that like little jog thing also right what about a double door situation oh yeah and then like you say oh thank you and then like they go and hold the door again because there's like mm -hmm. two pain mm -hmm. where does it end how long do you hold the door <laughs> yeah. open for yeah oh yeah yeah well there's so there's so many things like this and my teacher like she was obsessed with these tiny things and she would just mm. like bring it and then you'd be like oh my gosh I haven't even thought about like a handshake let's like get into it it's so interesting the other one too that now that's making me think the door yeah. and the handshake is saying goodbye on the phone yeah. or saying goodbye in general like if you're standing at the entry some people drag out that process they just don't know where you I know that I know <laughs> some people <laughs> aka me but also, I'm like, I know have you ever been anywhere with you? <laughs> yes. Also, I know where I get it from. It's my mom. I've had to like coach my mom on saying goodbye. I remember being at like, oh, a trade fair with her, and like multiple times, this one lady like ended the conversation, and here Janny was like yes. bringing it back up. That just reminded me of because you know when you say goodbye and then you go the same direction. Like, oh, that's so, so awkward. awkward. But I was on a uh, Zoom meet with my like cousin and and some of her friends, and we were all like, bye, okay, goodbye. Um, and then it like took forever to hang up because everyone's kind of like, oh, right. How do you hang yes. up on this? And like, it was exactly that feeling where you've said goodbye, but we're all just like on and the screen. And they can still see you and you're just like, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, I see you hanging up now. So many times in the pandemic too. Oh like, yeah. This, that, oh yeah. <laughs> weird observation. I guess we'll turn it to oh. you guys. Uh, what is an interesting observation that you've noticed in people? Oh, I love this one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>